All right, another special edition of the People of Packaging podcast. I am your host, the packaging pastor, Adam Peak, and today I've got Jennifer Benokin on. Jennifer was recently nominated and subsequently elected to the board of directors for the IOPP, where she is the technical committee liaison in her full-time job. She is also, this is a fun, long title, MDM and Regulatory Specialist for Packaging Engineering for Tyvek Medical Packaging at DuPont. Imagine throwing that one onto a business card. Jen has a phenomenal personality. She is a tremendous person to know in the packaging industry. Please make sure you connect up with her on LinkedIn. And I want to talk about the IOPP here for a second. They have been such a blessing to me in my journey through uh, packaging. So you can go to IOPP.org. If you are in the packaging industry and you're not part of the Institute of Packaging Professionals, I command you to go be a part <laughs> I mean, I strongly suggest I can't command. I'm just a podcast host. But please go check out IOPP.org and join up. And so now let's get to our interview here with Jennifer Benokin. All right. This is uh, the super fun. What do we call this, Jennifer? The super fun packaging podcast podcast. yeah so we're gonna have a super fun packaging podcast i'm joined by jennifer benokin um or benolkin if you're looking for her on linkedin linkedin (laughs) b-e-n-o-l-k-e-n um she is a uh, certified professional packaging professional for life right in your your, your part of the iopp as well yeah yeah Yeah. incredible shout out to uh, Jane Chase and everyone at the IOPP. We're, I'm a huge supporter of theirs. Um, love love the work that they're doing. So Jennifer and I, we connected on LinkedIn. Um, she is another person that in the packaging industry that you need to go follow. There's not a lot of us, but we're growing. There's, we're getting we're getting a little packaging tribe together. I think. I hope so. People making some content there. She she puts out a lot of great stuff on there. Um, we were hoping to connect up in person because she's in, are you in St. Paul? Is that right? Yeah. Minneapolis, St. Paul. Yep. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's not the same, but it is the same. Is that? Yes. Yes. Fair assessment. Okay. (laughs) They're, they're close in proximity, but very different in personality. Yes. Got it. Got it. Uh, but we didn't, so we're, we're doing this over, um, teams now. I've never recorded one on, on Microsoft teams, but here we are. So Jennifer, welcome to your, your first packaging podcast. Uh, no, thank you. Thank you, Adam. For been on um, other packaging podcasts? I have. I've been on a couple of spot radio. Oh, with Charlie. With Charlie. Yep. And then, um, I participated in a couple of Isham ones through the Kilmer Innovations and Packaging Group that I help head up, um, called KIPP. I don't know them, but I do know Charlie. I had him on my podcast and that was great. But so Charlie, if you listen to this, dang you for... (laughs) beating me to the punch he was the first he was yeah yeah it was yeah, for most, which is exciting because for most people this is the first podcast i've ever been on so you're like a you're like a pro i can just turn the mic over to you and let you start asking some questions and we'll get we'll get rolling i am a master of none <laughs> well i'm i we're actually going to get into that a little bit how you're uh you know kind of a, a generalist versus specialist and all that stuff but uh so first of all you live in saint paul and you work for a really tiny startup yeah, no, that's not the case yeah. at all. You work for a big yeah. company, um, so maybe uh, give us give us a little idea about your journey uh, to from you know call it college where you study. You went to a school that we've never had on. I didn't even know it was a school, 
until you told me right now. So yep. I guess shame on me. Do they have a basketball program? No, they had intramural sports. Mm, yeah, that was why I didn't hear about them. So maybe yeah. start with college and just how you've gotten to where you're at. Cause I think it's going to set a nice background for the conversation that uh, we're going to invariably get into. Sure. Absolutely. Thanks, Adam. Uh, so I went to a school um, when I was looking at schools to go to, I couldn't figure out how uh, you could graduate from school and then not get a job because you didn't have experience. And so the the main reason why I selected Kettering, um, it was GMI Engineering and Management Institute when I was going there the year after I graduated, they changed the name to Kettering University. It's a relatively small school in Flint, Michigan. It used to be associated with General Motors, um, but they dropped it in the in the I think it was 80s and and basically said if if you can go with it go, but you know we're not your pockets anymore. Um, so they've done a really good job of that. But it's a five year co op program, uh, and traditionally it's been focused on engineering and management um, skills. So my undergrad is actually in manufacturing systems engineering. Uh, it's a five-year program to get your undergrad degree, and part of why it's five years, you know that going into it, is because you co-op the entire time. And so a month out of high school, I actually started co-oping at a company that was called Cardiac Pacemakers, and it's subsequently, it became, uh, while I was working there, it became Guidant, and now it is part of Boston Scientific, a very large medical device uh, manufacturing organization. Um and that, that month out of high school, they put me as working as basically a technician on the sterile packaging line. And that's basically where I fell in love with packaging. And it wasn't just the packaging and the science and, 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 and the, 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 the package itself. It was the people that surrounded it mm. um, that I fell in love with as well. The operators that I got to work with and train me in. Um, and the engineers that supported the line and, and the the people around them even, that's how I fell in love with packaging and medical device. Um, I, I was exposed to so many things. So anyway, after five years, I graduated with, you know, two and a half years work experience and a college degree. That's amazing. Why? I mean, let me just stop there for a second, because maybe sure. we can talk about this for a little bit. I did not know that until you just told me how... How is this not the norm? I mean, I just don't understand. Like, I have I have my undergrad. Um, I have my MBA. I really value education. I'm not just like, a, oh, no, no education at all. But the fact that you you had all of this work experience right at the time you got your degree, but that the work experience, is this correct, was tied to the degree? Is that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So You had to have a certain amount of work experience to be able to graduate. Right. Which sounds like an incredible solution to a lot of the dilemmas that we have today. Because so it many was people, fantastic. Right. So many people get out of college and it's like you you know concepts, but understanding, you know, from a business perspective or an engineering perspective or whatever it is, you know, knowing how to manage a product or manage a uh, um, a process or how to how to actually engineer something, how to work with all of the cross disciplines that you have within an organization to get a product from point A to point B, all of that stuff is conceptual until it's not, you know, the, mm -hmm. there's a, a great quote, sports quote, uh, everyone's every, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face, you know, and yeah. work, work really can do that and, and just wake you up to like, Oh, that's not what I learned in school, but having that both at the same time on purpose, 
not just like I have to work because so, I can't go to I can't afford school, so I got to do this, but to un, to on purpose have work be part of the experience to me is genius. So good when on the whole, the whole school is run that way, Adam. So it's like there's two different um, student bodies that go to the school. One is at school at a time, and one is at work at the same time. And so every three months for that five years, for the last year is a little bit different reading, writing a thesis. We also had to write a thesis um, that both our school or the school and our employer had to agree upon. And it had to be of value to the, to the employer. Um, so every three months I moved from Minnesota to Michigan and back. So three months of school, three months of work, three months of school, three months of work. Um, but again, I started in the section where you started at work first. So, but yeah, for five years, that's what I did. It was fantastic. That's, that's genius. Um, well, good on, is it Kettering? Is that what it was? Kettering University, yeah. Kettering University in Flint, Michigan. Um, that's awesome. So I'm, I'm stoked to hear that there's schools out there that are still doing this. Is that fair to say that's still their model? Yeah, I would say it's probably one of the pioneers. I mean, I looked at um, Milwaukee School of Engineering and the University of Minnesota um, engineering program as well, and I was accepted to both of them, but neither of them let you co-op or intern until after your sophomore year. So you had to be in your junior year before you could start applying that which you were learning. Yeah, amazing. Um Okay, so you you come out of school, you already have work experience, you fall in love with packaging, uh, medical device. Have you have you always been a medical device packaging then from then? I have, absolutely. Yep, I went to a startup after that. Um, I was uh, there for a short period of time, um, and then I got the proverbial offer I couldn't refuse to go to a larger, more established company. I was there for about five years. Um, it was, again, another medical device manufacturer. And then... Um, I was getting to the point where I was making more mistakes in my uh, protocols and reports uh, in changing the name of the product from the last one than actual technical errors. And I, I knew I needed to make a change. Um, and this was when I was having also a quarter life crisis. So um, completely changed career direction and uh, luckily was hired at what was Tolis Healthcare Packaging as a sales rep. Um, the upper Midwest sales rep. And so I worked there for seven, eight-ish years. I worked for a thermoformer that sold into medical device for about a year. Um, and then I came back to the medical device manufacturer side as an engineer at St. Jude Medical. And um, prior to now DuPont, I worked for, I think it was like four years at Smith's Medical as the manager of the labeling group in the United States and also the senior manager for the packaging engineering department in the R&D group. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sandwiched in between all this engineering. You were like, eh, just sprinkle in eight years of sales. Yeah. Yeah. That's... And now I'm in five years more in, in, in working with DuPont because I'm on the sales side here. Oh, you are? Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. But I can't sell you anything. Well, you know, that's fine. I wouldn't buy it anyways. I don't, I don't well, know. No, I mean, I literally like, I, like, I'm in sales, yeah. but there, I, I work with our downstream customers um, in the use of Tyvek because we sell to converters who sell to the medical device manufacturers. Yeah. So my whole role focuses on working with the packaging engineers at medical device manufacturers using Tyvek. Yeah. And I think that that is you know, I don't know, I don't know what the the title would be, but the idea of like a technical, somebody with a, with a highly technical expertise and background 
um, also in a customer facing sales role, I think is really critical to a lot of packaging manufacturers. I don't see it as often as I think it, it should be around because, you know, I've, I've been in sales my whole career in packaging for the most mm-hmm. part. And, but I, I went to school for business and like we were talking about before the call, I was pastoring churches. And so it wasn't, it wasn't like I came from, you know, the, I didn't go to Michigan state or Clemson or any of these schools mm-hmm. that are traditional packaging schools. Um, I was just at UW Stout. So shout out to the, to the Blue Devils. I went out and visited their campus uh, this week, actually, uh, on this recording when I was out in Minneapolis. So there's some great schools out there. I didn't go to any of those schools. Um, and so I lack a lot of technical expertise. Luckily, I've been able to work for companies that have technical resources that I could bring in because packaging, especially med device packaging, is is a highly technical product. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not, I don't want, I don't want to, um, I don't want to poo poo the, uh, the corrugated salespeople out there. Cause there is a lot of engineering and, you know, necessity, but uh, you know, like selling a pallet of 12 by 12 by 12 stock boxes to, you know, is a different sale than oh, absolutely. a yeah. clean room application or, you know, a Tyvek or whatever it might be just different. Yep. Yeah. They're just different. And mm-hmm. th- there are, there are a lot of technical things that need to go into, the design, the questions, the application, how is this being used? I'm sure there's a lot of that. So that sounds like a it sounds like it's been a great role for you then. Would you say it's been five years? Yeah, I just passed my five year anniversary at DuPont. I've been, you know, including my co-op experience in the med device arena now for 30 years. Um I I absolutely adore it and I love it. And you talk about IOP. Um, I got to host the happy hour this last Wednesday, and I think yours is coming up not yeah. next week, but the week after. So I'm excited to yeah. to attend that. Um, and and the concept came up on there like I fell in love with packaging when, and it was really the first day I stepped foot at that medical device manufacturer, cardiac pacemakers. A month out of high school is when I fell in love with packaging. That's awesome. And people have tried to make me walk in a different direction. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. So oh, I'm just I've looking at it. different aspects of it, um, Definitely. you know, playing different roles. Yeah, I've gotten the, well, you could go make more money here. You could do better here. You could do this thing over here, especially living in Salt Lake City where we have a lot of like tech sales, like uh, software as a service or SaaS companies where, you know, can't even people are making a good amount of money, but I just fell in love with the packaging industry and it's like, what do you want me to do? I, I don't, I don't want to go maximize the amount of money that I can make. I I just really love this industry. I love the people in it. I love that. It's this like weird low key industry. That's also really massive. I love that we solve really big, important problems and that the best compliment that anybody can give us is that they don't know that we exist, you know, like, because if you know that the packaging's there, whether it's in an ocean or, you know, it's typically causing a problem or or it's creating a really beautiful experience. It's almost like a piece of artwork on right. the retail side. But for the majority of packaging, the, you, you just want to do really great work so that nobody knows that, you're, that, you're, that you exist. Yeah, I, I actually just wrote a blog um, a couple of months ago for uh, we, we participate in Oliver Healthcare Packaging's blog. And I wrote a blog kind of about that. And my colleague, Terry Wagner, out of our um, Luxembourg offices, had brought to my attention this um, video that has people basically in two different color shirts passing basketball back and forth. 
and and you're asked or tasked at the beginning to watch a specific um, group of players and count the number of times that they pass the, the basketball back and forth to each other. And in the process of the video happening, they actually change out a person from the other color shirt with someone dressed like a gorilla. Yeah. And the background color changes. And, and the whole thing is is basically on the premise of when you're paying so much attention to something, do you recognize what's going on in the background? And so I likened that to packaging. Like basically we do our job so well that people minimize what our importance is in the delivery of a product or device out into the market. Mm-hmm. And it's only when we don't do our dev- our job well or something happens that doesn't allow the packaging to function properly that people are, are pissed off at packaging. Right. Yep. Or think about packaging. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the and classic the like companies we work for, Adam. It's, it's quite true. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree. It's it's like the you know we're coming up on you know like Christmas holiday times and there's going to be plenty of frustrated people with packaging because of getting into things and can I get this toy? And, you know, there's some sort of, there's some sort of like, you know, plastic tray that it's in a clamshell or, you know, it's, it's sealed around and then you got to get some scissors out and you got to cut the thing out. And there's going to be people who are mad about packaging that day, but for the most part, we just kind of want to do our job and live Live, yeah. live in the background. Um, and that's a great video. I've seen that video before the, with the basketball, and it's it's awesome. I, um, I mean, I curse packaging on a regular basis, right? I'll have to tell you my story about when I was pregnant one time with my first child. Um, there was some, some product out of that packaging that did not survive because of how <laughs> mad I was at the packaging. So, yeah. How long of a story is this? Because I feel like this is a great uh, venue to share this story. It's no? really not, and I can't product bash, but I'll tell you off off of. The okay, air. all right, all right, I got it, yeah. I got it. Yeah. Um, and if anybody wants to hear the story, they should connect up with you on LinkedIn and reach out yeah. and have a have a have a dialogue with you. It's about really it. not that special, but it come is, on, it's funny. it's funny. No, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you. Okay, later. all right. Um, so as we were talking before the call, I thought this was really an interesting angle that you took. So. I wrongly assume that people who are focused on like med device or pharma or, you know, these regulatory and compliance type packaging are hyper focused. uh, You know, the, the, what's the, the, the shotgun versus the rifle, right? Like you're like a rifle, you're very hyper focused, you know, everything there is in the world to know about one specific thing. And that's it. That's kind of the general perception perception that I get as somebody who's not in the med device and pharma world. It's like, well, they're mm-hmm. really, really smart about this one thing. And as we were talking, you were like, no, my, I think you called it like one of your superhero powers is that you are more of a generalist in a specialist world. Um, yes. And I thought that was super, I thought that was super interesting. So maybe tease that out and and walk me through what is that what does that mean being a generalist in a specialist world and why has that been a superhero power for you? So I would say I'm specialized in the concept of medical device packaging sure. relative to other packaging people. So I'm not necessarily a generalist in that sense, but once you get into medical device packaging, uh, 
the world and realm in which you can operate is huge. Um, and I think the world celebrates specialists, um, those that go deep into the weeds um, and and really understand the the infinitesimal detail of something. I can't do that. Like I said to you before, I would rather poke my eyeball out. Um, I like knowing enough to be dangerous across a large breadth of different aspects. And so like within my role that I have now, um, part of my role is on the regulatory side. Part of it is on the MDM specialist side where I work with the downstream customers. I get to do both on a regular basis in whatever realm I'm actually functioning in. Um, but I am not, I am not the person that knows a specific ASTM standard um, backwards and forwards and all of its nuances and all of the areas that can go wrong. I know I'm generally aware of them, but I, I, I'm not going to be that person that knows it backward and forward, like the back right. of my hand. So, um, and, and I think that, again, the world celebrates the specialist and, and struggles with, you know, what to do with the generalist. Yeah, no, I could see that. And, and, and you know, when you put it that way, it, it definitely makes a, a, a lot of sense, you know, that there's so much to know about medical device packaging that to, to really be, because this is where I've tried to position myself as well as somebody who, I don't know everything, but I, I know a lot of people and they know a lot of things. Yeah. So, you know, having the ability to, to know what you don't know, to understand what your weaknesses are. And then when, it, when a question comes to you, knowing, okay, I'm not really good at this, but you know where to go to get the specifics on the ASTM standards. You know the right person to go pull together so that you're not, A, what's the worst thing is making something up so that you feel smart or that you seem smart, because I'm sure that you know enough to say stuff that's only quasi true, <laughs> that it that that in the end is going to hurt the you you know the the customer in this case. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. So the can you hear my dog barking? By the way. Yeah, I just I just heard it, and that's funny because oh. I, I I locked my dog out of my room because it's fine. Jovi yeah. will make an appearance on the podcast. She's an awesome dog. <laughs> She's literally standing right outside of my window, barking at me. And I don't know why. I think maybe she wants she want she really wanted to participate in the podcast. I guess Fair she enough. agrees. She's agreeing with what you're saying. So Fair enough. Um, we won't edit out Jovi. Jovi's just going to make the podcast, and eventually my wife will be like, "No, Jovi, get inside." Um, and by the way, Jovi is named after the movie Elf, not Bon Jovi. I get that question often uh, because they think I'm a big Bon Jovi fan. I don't know much of Bon Jovi's music, but I love the movie Elf. So there you go. Awesome. Um, okay, so before the Jovi tangent. Yes. <laughs> So we're talking about this this kind of superhero power. So how does that uh, how does that work itself out then in your in your current role? So is it is it both the from the internal side where people are asking questions about customer needs and then customers are asking more specific questions about internal needs and you've got to try to make all this stuff work together? Is that sort of where your superhero powers lie? That's part of it. Um, I'm also uh... I, I in working in all of the different areas that I work with, um, I can see where I, I can see the big picture and I can see where we're not working well together. You know, like you talk about IOP, um, 
within the meta device industry, there's also ASTM, which is the main group that you you know puts out the standards that we use to test our packaging to. Um, I think it's a common organization you know used across many industries. Um, then there's also Amy that we work with, where the mirror group for um, for the ISO standard that we we live to ISO 11607. Um, and then there's ISO as well. And so there's a bunch of different areas where people play. Um, I, I think I touched on our Kilmer Innovations and Packaging Group, KIPP. Yeah. Um, you know, that that group is looking at um, the horizon, like what's in the future? What are we going to face in the future? What are our big wicked problems today that we want to make better for the future? Um, so all of these different groups are solving different problems, but they have traditionally worked very disparate from each other. Got and it. so one of the things that I've been working on since coming to DuPont is getting them to work better together. Um, and it's not just me, it's other people in industry too, but it's like, um, let's, let's figure out what we're each good at and let's focus on what we're good at in there um, and then make sure that we bring in the outside parties when we need to or communicate with them right yeah. and so um so that that's you know in in being that generalist and being in love with all aspects of medical packaging i love pulling different things together that wouldn't have normally been pulled together yeah got it that it it even expands the importance right so it's not just pulling together stuff internally for customers but it's even on a it's that plus a bigger scale is understanding how all of the stakeholders within the medical device industry can play in the same medical device sandbox i don't know to and yeah. and, and be useful and helpful to one another yeah uh, you had mentioned kip uh this is the first time i've heard of it so i guess shame on me uh no. what so tell me, tell me about what it's, it's called the Kilmer something. Kilmer Innovations in Packaging. Uh, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a group. So Kip, um, it's a group that uh, inadvertently formed coming out of Johnson & Johnson's 2019 Kilmer Conference. Okay. Uh, which is uh, a, a very prestigious invite-only event um, in the sterility assurance value chain um, arena for medical device and pharmaceutical products. Um, the next one is upcoming in 2022. Um, but going into 2019's event, uh, which was held in Ireland, uh, we realized that we didn't have a large packaging contingency coming into the conference. And many people in the packaging arena in MedDevice had no idea that the conference even existed. So it was it was an uphill battle to get people. It was no problem to get people invited. The problem was convincing them that it was a worthwhile event to attend. And so um, what we ended up doing was a group of eight of us met at the beginning or ahead of the conference starting um, it, it just primarily to talk about how do we get this concept of Kilmer Conference more socialized in the med device packaging arena. And it kind of blossomed into uh, there's a question asked by my colleague Rod Patch from Johnson and Johnson, mm -hmm. uh, where he looked at the rest of us and said, "Is there a problem?" And we just kind of sat there and stared at him for what seemed to be about five minutes because it was such a profound question um, that none of us, I don't think, had ever really contemplated before. And so what you know started out as I believe like an hour long meeting turned into I think three or four hours with us talking about yeah there is a problem 
and how do we go about solving it? So we came out of the conference and we started meeting on a regular basis and it's blossomed into this industry group called KIPP. Um, we have four different programs looking at uh, big, wicked problems. The concept of wicked packaging problems comes from Dr. Bix out of MSU. Okay. Um, she was at the conference. She's part of this original group that was together. Um, so we've kind of coined that phrase from her. Um, and I mean, who doesn't want to use the word wicked, right? I mean, it's, I know. Just, it's such a flavorful word. So um, do, do they say it like with like a Boston accent? No. How does it? How, <laughs> how, how's it? I'm going to totally butcher it, but it's like from uh, what's the movie with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Somebody's listening to this right now. They're like, it's, uh, oh my gosh, how it, it's such a fantastic movie. How do you like them apples? I know what you're yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man. Why, Jennifer, this is so bad. Goodwill hunting. Goodwill hunting. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it's amazing what you don't, when you don't have like quick access to Google and people yes. just get to like watch you suffer, but it's kind of like <laughs> that, like wicked smart, like. Yeah, 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 it's a, yeah. It's a wicked. wicked. It's a, I totally butchered that accent. And my parents are from the East Coast, so sorry if any of my family in the Philly slash Boston area listens to my <laughs> terrible accent. But I was raised in Colorado and I live in Salt Lake City, so um, <laughs> that's cool. So that's funny. anyway, yeah, yeah. so you, you, we you, we developed this group, and um, oh, we have like over three hundred people following us on our LinkedIn group. Awesome. Um, and in these four programs, we probably have, I would guess, around at least 100 people who are actively involved in solving big, wicked problems in med device packaging. That's great. So I've got one last question, and then we got to wrap it up because we're yeah. at the end. Uh, and before the call, I said, we're going to have no problem, Jennifer. This is going to be great. Let's just hit record and go for it. Yep. So when you talk about big, wicked problems, um, I, I think one of them that I'm seeing a lot of, and maybe it's also a medical device, I'm not sure, is the um, the amount of people entering into the workforce. So specifically young people coming into to work, there's not a ton. I mean, obviously there are packaging engineers that are out there, but there's not a whole lot that are just diving into packaging. So, and I think it's a problem. I really, I, you know, I, I try to use this podcast as a way to create a, a medium that typically people who are younger are consuming media and, yep. you know, which is the podcast and use it to talk about really interesting and cool people such that they can enjoy the industry and reach out to folks. So what would be some advice to somebody who's younger, you know, 17, 18 years old, looking to go in, obviously, You've got a, a great uh, a great alma mater that they could look at in Flint, Michigan, who kept shoot, I just forgot Kettering, already. Kettering, Kettering University. Yep. Kettering University. So there there's there's option options there, but what would be some of your some of your advice to somebody who's younger about about looking to get into the packaging industry? Sure, Adam. Um, this is something that I, I love that you're asking this question because I'm very passionate about bringing in most specifically right now, um, new grads from mm -hmm packaging schools into the med device arena. Um, so I'm gonna back up to your your question here. So um, when you're when you're in in school and you're looking at your different co-ops or internships that you could go into, um, in, in, when I speak at, at 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 the medical device courses at uh, various schools, I'll I'll be blatant and say there's really nothing sexy about medical device packaging. You know, I mean, it, th there's nothing sexy about it, but what's really, because you can't go to the store, right? Like you can with consumer goods. 
yeah. and point that, you know, that new package out and say, hey, I developed that. I designed that. You know, that that's got my name on it. You, you just can't do that. Right. And so yeah, you're um, not like when when they when the when the surgeon opened up that envelope to get out the scissors, I designed that. And you're like, I was right. in surgery. I don't remember it. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but the cool part is like I go to bed every night knowing that the work that I do not only today, but, you know, throughout my entire career has helped millions of people on right. on what could be the worst day of their life. That is and, such a powerful thing. And that's really cool to know. Right. And it's really cool to talk about when people ask me, what do I do for a living? Like I'm part of saving people's lives. Right. Um, from from a backing up to your original question, um, convincing or, or or having people going into school think about packaging as as a main uh, study area. You know, I'm an imposter to the packaging group because I don't have an undergrad in packaging, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Same yep. here. Yeah. Um, and so I, I still sometimes, after 30 years, feel out of my element um, in, in talking with people, especially that that went to packaging schools. Uh, but the majority of those people that did actually get packaging engineering degrees did not go into college with the intent to study packaging. And yep. they ended up there through a course of different decisions during their coursework. Um, and they have fallen in love with it as well. Um, and, and, you know, even if you don't go into med device packaging, like packaging is pretty cool, right? It 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 delivers every single product that we use on a regular basis. All of our food, our iPhones that we all can't keep out of our hands, there's packaging involved. And it's not going anywhere as much as, you know, people are upset about the waste that it creates. Um, there's a rich environment there to talk about, too, like how do we create sustainable packaging, Yep. Um, these discussions are happening all over the place in the packaging arena right now. Um, I think it's a really exciting place to be. And again, regardless of whether you're saving people's lives through the packaging that you design and develop or the materials that are used for it, um, you're saving people's lives too in the respect of food. Like you're helping get food to their table, right? Yeah. Um, even, even, I don't know, watermelons, you don't think of those having packaging, but they did have a Gaylord that got them to the store. Right. And that is packaging. Or like a little, even like a small label that's on the outside of it that has yeah. a, a barcode or, and, you know, with something like fruit, obviously you don't make this kind of packaging, but it is interesting to look at the watermelon, you know, the outside of the watermelon is actually natural packaging. Yep. So are there ways to use, from a sustainability perspective, the stuff that nature's already doing, the nature's already providing packaging, how do we how do we supplement that? How do we learn from that? So yep. I agree. There is, you know, you are you are now the preacher and you are preaching and I am the choir and this is <laughs> happening. So it's because it's so true. I mean, there I don't know how many people I talk to pretty consistently, I would say almost weekly about packaging when they're like wait you're in the you're in the what you did a tedx talk on what you host a podcast on what and it's like yeah it's a trillion dollar industry uh that is incredibly exciting super dynamic has all sorts of ways that you can go um and 
it's it's great and i'm and clearly you are somebody that shares the the affinity and the passion for it and there's more there's more of us that are that are 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 coming up and helping to share the story about packaging so jennifer how do people get in touch with you if they want to hear about your story about your uh your packaging story or more importantly you know to learn more about dupont or to learn more about the um uh, was it the kilmer uh kip kilmer innovations and packaging innovations and yeah. packaging it all centers around LinkedIn. I mean, people close to me uh, tease me about how prolific of a, a poster and sharer I am on LinkedIn. And it's not always about packaging because there's a lot of things around packaging um, that people are going through on a regular basis. But LinkedIn is the best. And we have a LinkedIn group for KIPP. Um, if if they have questions about getting into med device, I'm more than open to to talking with them. But um, LinkedIn is the best first step uh, to, to okay. reaching me. I totally agree with you. I get I get crap all the time about being on LinkedIn, and I'm like, well, I'm not really on any other social channel, so it's just the only one where I found the most authentic uh, relationships. I guess mm -hmm. that yep. that's that's based on something other than rage. <laughs> fair, because <laughs> that seems to fuel. Point. It's either the the others. When I was really involved in other social media platforms, it was like. This is really either fueled by rage or envy. Those are the two things that really drove content. Whereas LinkedIn really does seem to be driven by value. If you are if you are contributing valuable things on a consistent basis to your community of people, then you'll get a lot of engagement and you'll get people following you. Um, that's not always the case in other places. So I'm a big advocate I for agree. it as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm and I'm happy that we connected up there also. So I'll make Absolutely. sure that I'll make sure to put that on your uh, in the show notes so people can connect up with you mm -hmm. on on LinkedIn. And you can uh, always share my my email address as well. Um, and I'm on different platforms, but um, from a professional standpoint, it's it's focused through LinkedIn. Sure, sure. And and you dropped a, a you dropped some really really incredible quotes that I'm excited to kind of grab and share uh, a little bit as well because you you gave us some super, super insightful knowledge on this podcast. So I'm, uh, even though Charlie beat me to it, um, and you were on his podcast first, I won't, I won't be that mad. Uh, but, <laughs> but you can let him know that this was your favorite. That's all I need. That's really all I need. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He might, he might put up a fight. I don't know. Char Charlie and I are pretty tight. Yeah. Charlie, Charlie does great work. He's over at Vanderstahl Scientific. He's got spot radio. I'll go ahead and give him a little plug because he does. He also puts out great work on, on uh, LinkedIn as well. So great, great person, great human being. Jennifer, uh, it's been awesome to have you on. Thank you so much for being on my podcast and wish you the best of luck next time in Minnesota. Hopefully we can meet up in, in real life. It'd be great. I hope so. Thank you so much, Adam. And I'm looking forward to happy hour at IOP in a couple weeks. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yep. Hey, that wraps up another edition of the People of Packaging podcast. It would mean so much if you would like and share, rate, review, subscribe, because we want to change the world because we believe that packaging is awesome. <laughs>